finally, um, Freya Field Donovan, who works on dance and Maya Deren. Is that good enough? Yeah, my, my, good. <laughs> my blurriness is getting even blurrier <laughs> as we get to the end, but thank you. Yeah, that's what I'll be talking about. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, thank, thank you, you. Freya. I want to reflect on the ways in which both women's practices, that that's Annie Alberts and Maya Derry, produce an experience of differentiated space and time through a specialist instrument. In this way, I want to think about the technicity of both women's work, not as separate from their imaginative processes, but as central to them. There are a few words that I have found useful in drawing together their practices, artificiality, dexterity, and responsibility. I employ these words to point toward a politics that I see at play in both of their works, a politics that centers around the pluralization of categories of labor and the redistribution of value in production. Both women worked in dedicated collaboration with their chosen tools, Albers with the loom, Darren with the camera and the editing table. In this manner, they both labored with machines, demonstrating an attachment to the technical and to tooling but on a scale that was figured in relation to the human body. Darren took dance as the structuring principle, not the content of her films. Sorry, that's Albus. Albus in her textiles too. Sorry, in Albus textiles too, the movement of the body with the loom formed the structural possibilities of the work. Looking at Albus' sketches for her textile designs and Darren's plans for her films, and this is actually a, a contents page that my Darren designed for a text that she wrote called Anagram, which I thought had some similarities to Darren's, sorry, to Alba's uh, sketches. One is struck by a similar sense of movement, weight, and volition. Both appear as notational systems, marks and forms that give approximations rather than representations of bodies. In this way, the human form is made relatable in their work only through the technological processes with which they were engaged. This inorganic alliance can awaken untapped expressive capacities, a relationship to the haptic which is charged with an erotic concoctation of organic and plastic elements. Walter Benjamin described the political charge of such comminglings in his essay on surrealism when he wrote, and quote, only when in technology, body and image so interpenetrate that all revolutionary discharge becomes bodily collective innovation, and all the bodily innovations of the collective become revolutionary discharge. End quote. In this light, I want to frame both women's work as a form of political commitment, fashioned through material practice, rather than instrumental purpose as such. Both fastidiously planned and executed their work. They were specialists in all stages of their own production process. From the 1930s through to the 50s, the decades in which they both resided in the United States as immigrants from Europe's wars. This fashioned in this, sorry, this functioned in alteriety to the dominant cultural logic of Fordism. This process, perfected in the factory, was also a psychic one that presided over the degradation of processual knowledge. It's um, another still from Dan. And just excuse me whilst I play the film, I'm gonna have to go out the PowerPoint. And this is my Darren's film, which won Transfigured Time from 1946. <coughs> Speaking of such divisions, Mark wrote, 
And quote, whereas simple cooperation leaves the individual's method of work substantially unaltered, manufacture revolutionises these methods and cuts the root of individual labour power. It transforms the worker into a cripple, a monster, by forcing him to develop some highly specialised dexterity at the cost of a world of productive impulses and faculties. Whilst I think the general sentiment espoused here is useful for my reflections on the merits of the types of labour process both women developed, I stutter over the organic metaphor of the root. The highly engineered work that they both created was made possible because they were so intimate with their machines. Their bodies extended into the apparatus and vice versa. Through dedicating their bodies to the machinic process, they could externalise their knowledge, producing a non-human extension of themselves by way of an imaginatively constructed method. Method, then, was fundamental to their arts. Both took responsibility in the careful execution of their plans. Central was the thorough consideration of the materials of one's craft, how to translate these elements into something sensible through the particularities of the instrument. Weaving is done by the intersecting threads from the warp and the weft, creating a robust structure produced of numerous singular twines that link together into a complex chain-like structure. Darren referred to her films as structured like chains, interlocking modular elements that form a discrete unit, concentric looping sections that come together to make an integral yet promiscuous form. Meticulous planning is required to make separate elements come together to fashion a whole. Against the notion of chance as an artistic strategy, both Darren and Albers strove to produce a complex artificial reality built from a local context. Cotton, wire, a friend's living room, a cat, things taken from daily activity were transmuted by the imaginative extension of their labour. Materials made different through work. That which is can be made otherwise, they tell us. But change is only possible through process, a reorganisation of that which already exists. In this way, both women's work demonstrated notions of time and space that were not linear, but looping. Annie Albers, in the dedication of her seminal book on weaving, paid homage to, and quote, my great teachers, the weavers of ancient Peru. Darren, too, developed her editing techniques in reference to Haitian voodoo ritual, to which Catherine Dunham, the pioneering African-American dancer and anthropologist for whom she worked, introduced her. Time and space loop back round like the materials Albers and Darren worked. History and matter that have been rendered distant are brought close by their practices. This process is a lesson that Simone Weil described eloquently when she reminded us that every separation is a link. Albers and Darren teach us to be with matter differently, differently through the limited confines of a chosen medium, an artificially constructed imaginative extension of themselves in the world. In this way, work and repetition are figured as a pleasure that can produce difference. By way of a slow, careful accumulation of sensibility and matter, they have left to us a pedagogy of world-making. <laughs> <laughs>